Nothing like a little gospel about wailing and grinding of teeth to start off the semester with, right? It's very appropriate. Um, But let's not focus on that part of the gospel passage. It's important, but it's followed up with this invitation that we have to come and recline at the table in the kingdom of God. Our Lord tells us that people will come from the north and the south and the west and the east. You know, one of, one of the things I think is so cool about being Catholic, why I'm so glad that I'm a Catholic, is I'm looking out in front of me here, and even in this small congregation, what, there's maybe 50 people here, I see people of like four or five different ethnicities representing at least three, four different continents. You know, what other room could I be standing at in Jackson County and have that be true other than Walmart? <laughs> you can find everybody at Walmart and everybody in the Catholic Church. It's the two, this the great gathering places, right? It's beautiful. But, you know, the question before Jesus today is, will only a few be saved? And he does respond with what sounds like a pretty dire warning, right? He says, strive to enter through the narrow gate. And it's easy to hear this and think, well, gee, you know, my chances of making it to heaven must be pretty slim, like getting into some kind of exclusive scholarship program, and they only accept 10 students every year, and you're like, am I good enough to make it? Am I good enough to be in the top 10? You know? But it's not like that, right? Jesus doesn't say only a few people will get to heaven, right? What he says is the way to heaven is narrow, The way to heaven is narrow. And narrowness, yeah, it can be restrictive in a certain sense, but narrowness, especially narrowness of focus, can also be really empowering and really liberating. And and I'll explain what I mean by that. So some of you here, this is your first year in college, and I'm willing to bet a good number of you maybe haven't declared yet. You don't know what you're going to major in, or you know somebody who hasn't declared yet, doesn't know what you're going to major in. If you're a senior and you don't know what you're going to major in yet, I'll talk to me afterwards. We'll talk about discernment. All right? And that's fine. That's fine if you're here. It's your first year and you haven't figured out yet what you want to study. You'll probably take a broad range of classes, different electives and things. Do you take care of your general education? And you'll figure it out. And at some point, you're going to decide what you want to major in, at least if you want to graduate, you'll decide what you want to major in. And then once you've decided that, you're going to start to take classes in that subject. And the focus of your study will narrow. And that narrowness of your focus is what will allow you to gain that deep, specialized knowledge in your particular field that you would not be able to acquire through just a broad, general study. You see, it's restrictive, it's a narrowing of focus, but it's really empowering you and it's liberating you to gain expertise in that field. And there's something similar that goes on when it comes to relationships, right? If you're not seeing anybody, you're not attached, you're a single person, you might date a bunch of people in college. And as long as you're just dating casually to try and get to know people, it's fine. You can date, you know, more than one person at once. But if you want to be serious in a relationship, you've got to be exclusive in that relationship if you want it to go anywhere. You say, I'm going to focus, I'm going to narrow my focus on this one person that I want to pursue a relationship with, 
so that I can develop that. When my wife and I got married, you know, we exchanged vows. We made promises to each other of fidelity and exclusivity. And from that moment, our romantic interests in life narrowed down to one, <laughs> a single point, you know. And in a sense, yes, that's very restrictive. But by restricting ourselves in that way, we freed ourselves to give ourselves fully in love to one another. You see, we weren't free to make that full and total gift of ourselves to the other one until we made that promise of exclusivity. And that narrow focus has, you know, been the foundation, not just for me and my wife, but throughout human history, has been the foundation of a stable family life. It provides that stability and that, that comfort and that assurance. And God has blessed us so far with 22 years of marriage and seven children, and we wouldn't have that if we hadn't embarked down this narrow road of matrimony. So having a narrow focus is necessary to achieve a goal of any kind or to get to where you want to go. Um, even just in mundane things, if you leave campus here and you want to go to Walmart, there's only one road that leads to Walmart, you know? Um, if, if I were to drop you off, you know, by the campus entrance blindfolded and spin you around and just tell you to start walking in some random direction, chances are pretty slim you're going to get to Walmart, right? There's a lot of ways that don't lead to Walmart. There's only one road that gets there. So that sounds narrow, right? The narrow road to Walmart. But... If I take off that blindfold and I say, that's the road to Walmart, I've liberated you to get to where you want to go. And this is what Jesus does for us when it comes to heaven. Because there's a lot of ways to not go to heaven. There's a lot of ways to not go to heaven. There's only one way to get to heaven. And Jesus is that way. I am the way, he says, and the truth and the life. I am the gate, he says in John's gospel, and the one who passes through this gate will have eternal life. So yeah, it sounds restrictive to say that you can only get to heaven through Jesus. But remember, God did not send his son into the world to tell us how hard it is to get to heaven. That's not Jesus' mission. God sent his son to open the gate to heaven for us. And Jesus is that gate. You can't get to heaven without Jesus because of what heaven is. Right? Heaven is not a place where good people go when they die to get a reward. Too many people think that. It's not a place where good people go when they die to get a reward. Heaven is an eternal relationship of love with God. It's an eternal relationship of love with God. And you cannot have that without Jesus because Jesus is the word of God. He is the image of God. So you cannot be in an eternal relationship of love with God without Jesus. He is the way because he is the life. That's it. That's it. And God wants us 
to have that. He wants us to be united in love with him, and he shows us the way to do that. And so the lens through which we should understand like all of his commandments, all of the, the so-called rules and restrictions and stuff, people look at us as Catholics sometimes and say, oh, you Catholics, you have a lot of rules, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I don't have to figure out for myself what I'm doing, you know. <laughs> I have someone telling me what I, what I need to do, you know. The, the, the way that we need to look at all of the, the commandments that God gives us is these are instructions on how to love. They're instructions on how to love God and how to love our neighbor. You know the commandments. You know them. Jesus summarized them in two, right? Love God, love your neighbor. It sounds so simple. It is not easy to do. Love God, love your neighbor. It sounds simple, but it's a challenge. Like I said, I've been married for nearly 22 years. I'm still learning how to love my wife well. I'm still learning how to love her the way that God wants me to love her, the way that she deserves to be loved. And I'm not beating myself up over that because she's still learning how to love me well, too, right? It's mutual. I've been a campus minister for 15 years now, and I'm still learning how to love you guys well. You know, I mess up sometimes. And I hope that I say I'm sorry, and I hope that you guys will forgive me. Y'all mess up sometimes, too, and I forgive you guys, right? Learning how to love each other well has a lot to do about forgiveness. That'll be a different homily. I'm certainly still figuring out what it means to love God well. Right? It's a work in progress. It's hard to love. We have a lot to learn about love. It's hard for us to love. It's hard for us to let ourselves be loved. To be loved by other people. To be loved by God. If you haven't experienced that yet in your life, you will. You will. You know, so when I say it's all about love and all God wants us to do is love him and love each other, I'm not up here preaching warm, fuzzy, hippy-dippy stuff. This is real stuff. You know, love is a challenge, but God is love, and he wants to help us learn how to love. And this is why he sends Christ to us and to show us what it means to love, to teach us what it means to love. So Christ points to himself, and he says, Learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. He says, bind yourself to me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, take up your cross daily and follow me. And he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Because all of these things are meant to help us learn how to love. And this is why Christ established a church with the power to bind and loose and the power to forgive sins and the power to teach in his name. And he told the apostles, he who hears you, hears me. Because he wants us to be able to access these teachings, to learn from him. And concretely, this is why the church has put us here on this campus to serve you. It's why I'm here. It's why Father Jude is here. It's why Father Paul is here. It's why the bishop has assigned me to this ministry. It's to help you enter through that narrow gate of love that is Jesus Christ. So during your time here on campus, however much longer you might have, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to grow and explore and have new experiences. Like Father Jude said, have fun, right? Have fun while you're here. Don't do anything sinful. Don't do anything stupid that's going to endanger your soul. Don't do anything stupid that's going to endanger your body. Other than that, have fun. But remember, you're here for a purpose. You're here for a reason. 
You know, we want you to succeed in school and be good students, and that means maintaining a narrow focus on your studies. Don't allow yourself to get distracted from the reason why you're here. Have that narrow focus on your studies so you can do well. But, you know, more importantly than we want you to succeed academically in school, we want you to succeed in life. We want you to be a happy, holy, good person. Because you're here on earth for a purpose, too. And that purpose is to love God and to love one another the way that God loves us. Right? We want to learn, we want to help you learn how to do that well. That's why we're here. Right? That's what all of our programs, our Bible studies, our catechesis, all the stuff Kaylee was inviting you to before Mass, all the stuff that we do, that's why. We want to help you learn how to love. We want to help you follow that narrow way that's Jesus. So, right now I want you to look around you. I want you to see the faces that are here. There you are. Oh, you're good at following directions. Good, right? These are the students who made a conscious choice the first Sunday of the semester to prioritize coming to Mass because the relationship that they have with God is important to them. So these are the students that are going to help you on that road. Make friends with them. Lean on them. Introduce yourself to one another. Introduce yourself to our, our peer ministers. Join one of our Bible studies. Right? Raise your hand if you're leading a Bible study, our Bible study leaders. Okay? After Mass, come talk to one of these people whose hands are up. Say, tell me about your Bible studies. Right? Make me come to your Bible studies, even when I'm feeling tired. Talk to them. And please, don't be afraid to come and talk to me anytime that you need a listening ear. All right? That's why I'm here. I'm told I'm kind of good at it. So <laughs> make me earn my paycheck. The bishop pays me for something. Right? Don't hesitate to. We're going to have a little bit of a meet and greet time after Mass. Uh, I'd like to get to know you better. Uh, but you can make an appointment to come meet with me one-on-one -on -one if you want to. Just click on the little button on our website that says Meet with Deacon Matt, and we'll find a time to get together. The way to heaven is narrow. That's true. But it's a way that is clearly marked out for us. And God gives us every grace and support that we need to get there. Through the sacraments, through the church, through the scriptures, and that includes the grace of good companions along the way. So may we all help one another in our pilgrimage as we strive to enter through that narrow gate together.